You've heard of BetaShares. You've probably seen the logo on our podcast. You might even be among their 1 million investors. So you can imagine that I'm delighted to say BetaShares is the official ETF partner of the Australian Finance Podcast. With nearly 100 exchange-traded funds, you can go to betashares.com.au and immerse yourself in ETFs and unique insights covering all of the sectors, themes, core and satellite positions you could want. Think cybersecurity through the Hack ETF, robotics and AI with the RBTZ ETF, and uranium with the URNM ETF. The list goes on. To explore the BetaShares ETF range, visit betashares.com.au, read the relevant PDS and TMD on the website, and consider if the fund is right for you. BetaShares Capital Limited is the issuer. Is there a Spotify wrapped for investing? If you want to invest in shares or ETFs, our friends at Perla are more than one step ahead of the curve. On average, people who use Perla invest $1,750 every month. That's what we want to see, proper dollar cost averaging. With automated investing tools making your life simple, Perla investors have well and truly mastered the art of investing small bits lots of times. So if you're ready to start growing your net worth in 2024, follow the link in your Spotify or Apple podcast player right now to discover how you can get started today. Welcome to the Australian Finance Podcast. I'm Kate Campbell. And I'm Owen Rusk. And we're here to give you the tools and knowledge to invest both your time and money better. If you're new, feel free to jump in with our Starter Pack series that aired in early 2022 or our Shares or ETF mini series. We've got plenty to share with you in today's episode, but if you want to catch us on socials, head to Rusk Australia on Insta and Twitter. I'm also found at Kate Campbell AUS on Insta. And I'm Owen Rusk AU on Insta. Just beware of the fake accounts. We'll never DM you about trading strategies or crypto. And if it sounds a bit weird, it's probably not us. And just one final heads up before we get into the show. This podcast contains general financial information only. Evan, welcome back to another Brain Hacks episode. Thank you. And look, it's lovely to be back. It's nice that we've actually had to extend this, what was originally just going to be this five-part series. So this is now going to be ongoing. So welcome to what is now going to be a bit more consistent. And today, we're going to talk about something that we all have that problem with, which is managing to press pause on your goals. Now, you and I are going to concentrate on financial goals, Mm. but I think you'll probably get some takes out of this on not just finance, but on all your goals because- you know, life is life. Yeah, and we, a lot of people have probably felt it at some point when they've had to, maybe they've had to reduce their goals because they're not able to save $500 a month anymore and they've had to deal with cutting back a little bit and maybe it's only $300 a month or their life situations change and they've had to press pause and those feelings that arise, like you're feeling like you're going backwards, you're breaking good habits, people are progressing around you and you're staying still or going backwards. So that's what we want to tackle today and Mm -hmm. how we manage those feelings with our finances, how we could try and still make progress in a slightly different way and how to pick things back up when we're in a position to do so. Yeah, because for me, when you came to me with this question that came from from one of the listeners, I was like, oh, I'm I'm currently in this scenario. Like. Should we read it out? So this is from Sleepless Parents. I want to read out the question that came there. My wife and I recently and very happily had our second child and concurrently we have come off our fixed rate mortgage and now have much higher interest rates. During the next 12 months, my wife will be caring for our 
child and be away from her profession. During this period, our family income will be reduced and we will not have, uh, sorry, we're not in the position to continue investing or saving for 12 months. We have an emergency fund to fall back on if required. Being habitual monthly ETF investors slash savers, we find it strange to stop this behavior. How can our mindset shift to be able to tolerate and accepting of our short-term situation. Now, I know that was quite long and I sort of somewhat summarized it at the same time. Why I found this fascinating, I'm exactly the same as, as this person, whoever you are. I, My wife and I have just had our second child. Eloise just turned one. Uh, and we have gone through a very similar thing. So I'm really excited by this episode. So I want you to go first, Kate, because you're in a bit of, and why I want you to go first is you have been through this situation on and off. Um, you have been through a situation where your work life changed, your, you know, your goals had changed. I, I, know, I knew you from when you were absolutely had your bags packed, was headed to Europe, was going to go and do your gap year and COVID came around. How did you deal with all that scenario and the changes that have happened, particularly in the last five years for you? They've been quite, you know, rapid and also quite, let's use the term like roller coaster in terms of, of what's going on in your in your world. I've been used to change a lot growing up. I mean, I, I moved schools quite a bit. I changed activities. Uh, sort of sticking to something has been a new challenge <laughs> almost, um, but I've managed to stick to a few things for the, the last sort of seven, eight years, which has been very helpful. So there's situations where it's it's good to spend more time on something and not just chop and change all the time. I remember in high school, I was always chopping and changing subjects. I'd do one semester of one and then another semester of another because I thought it might be better than the current option. Grass is always greener. It is. Have you heard that thing? I heard an absolutely incredible fallback line on that. It's not new. I have, this isn't me coming up. Oh, it's Effie's. Uh, no, 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 it's not Effie's. It's it's more than that. It's The line is, the grass is always greener, but somebody has to water it to be green. Uh, okay. Well, so, she said chances are it's probably fake when I interviewed yeah, that's, her. Yeah, that's another way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The one I've heard is that your, your grass is greener because they water it, right? Mm. So if you water your own grass, it's going to be just as green. So I, when I, I was like, that's that's a great comeback to that. What is always used is reaching, right? That That's what you're talking about there is there's always a better scenario. There is always somebody ahead of me. Well, why have they got greener grass? Because they water it. And that gets back to exactly what you've just spoken about, which is dealing with your own personal situation and enhancing it with what you have Mm. rather than trying to reach for somebody else's. And there's been times where the amount I've invested has ebbed and flowed. So um, during 2020, I invested less money because I thought I was going traveling and um, that was so sad. I'm so sorry for you right there. <laughs> I still got a bit of a trip in a bit later. But things, I had to adjust my saving and investing goals because of different things happening with the economy and different things happening with me personally. I've changed my priorities. So it's just a constant reassessment. So I, I might set my goals at the start of each year and go, this is roughly how much I want to put aside for investing and my savings goals each month. But then having to be really flexible with that because some months are just a lot more expensive than others and expenses come up or for some reason need to take some time off work that you just didn't expect or plan for. And so I think coming back to it's great to set goals, but thinking about them with a really flexible mindset that sometimes you're going to have to pull back a bit and cut the amount you invest that month or only invest $5 just to keep that habit going. Yeah, and I'm I'm of the same. As I said to you, the the question is very close to my heart because I'm yeah. similar things to to what we did, you know, having my wife also out of her profession and she's a very very high achieving person was 
we knew, we discussed, and this is this is probably part of the answer. The the key thing I want to take away from this, the two of you need to keep talking. Clearly, you've got very similar um, you know likes and similar habits, which is fantastic. It's about talking about not feeling like you are standing still. I mean, I actually had this almost exact conversation two weeks ago where my wife and I do at the moment feel like we're sort of you know jogging on the spot because every time we think we get ahead something comes up and and or the mortgage goes up mortgage goes up the grocery bill goes yeah, up yeah or childcare costs come in or more healthcare things to do with the little one getting vaccinations or getting sick or what have you so it's it's that you know you just cannot feel like we were getting ahead it it goes back to also then going my way of looking at it and again it's just my analytical mind it's like the market, right? The market's not a linear 45-degree angle straight-up scenario, nor is life, nor is your savings patterns, right? But if you look at it on a longer-term view, this is a very short period of time, right? Kids are amazing. Kids are something that if you are after them and do want them, have them, you know that feeling. It, it, every, all the cliches, I keep saying this to you as well, all the cliches that you hear when you're a kid or when you're an adult, early adult about you know having kids, when I had them, I finally realized, ah, oh, they're actually true. I mean, as much as I'd like to say they're not, they are true. All those cliches, you know, you know it changes your habits and, you know, it's a love that you remember, all that kind of stuff. It's not about that. For me, it's about understanding that <clears throat> over the journey that I've had, that the total is the, is still going to be the same when I get to – and I don't like to call them goals either because you're right. The goal has imagery of finality, of reaching something and achieving, which is fine – but it's like I have the same argument with a budget. A budget is a finite thing, right? So once you do your budget, you start again, right? So you do a monthly budget, next month comes around, you roll it over. For me, investing is about a fluidity. It, it constantly is evolving. It's constantly moving. You are always thinking about, okay, what do I need for today? What do I need for tomorrow? What do I need for beyond? That's always been my thing. But all I would say to this point is the habit is still there. Kate's given you a really good point, which is, you know, okay, you're not contributing – you're 500 a month or whatever it is, you're down to 250 or $50. It doesn't matter as long as some money is still going there. I, I relate this also to the other thing that I, you know, using the personal touch idea for me personally, I'm a little bit the same with, with Jim and why Jim keeps my mind active, but I get really antsy when I stop. It's like I might work gets in the way, kids get in the way mm. and I get antsy. So I will force myself to go. And that means that if you have to force yourself to put 200 bucks away and forego a few things, you'll actually feel that you get that kickback. Because this questioner from Sleepless Parents of being habitual, that's their term, monthly investors, you will get antsy. You will, because that habit now is so ingrained yeah. in your behavior, you will get antsy. So the way that you treat that ants is to actually probably forego something slightly to put your $200 away so that you feel like you're still contributing to your longer-term wants and your longer-term life goal. Um, again, I just use a term I hate using. but <laughs> It just might be less in this phase in this of your phase. life. And, and, and getting back to my point, I didn't actually <laughs> look at me just rambling on. Kids and the kid phase, the baby phase, is shorter than you realize. And now these guys have got their second kids. They will know this. But the first, if you're out there having your first child, the real kid phase, baby phase, is in spirit, You know, in actual time, it's really short. It really is. It will feel like an eternity, but it's really short. You know, nine, maybe as much as 14 months, depending on, you know, which parent decided to take some, you know, leave, whether it's maternity or paternity leave, it doesn't matter. Or if you both do it. I mean, the the, the great thing that's starting to rise is maternity leave 
for three months, then the the you know the, the partner goes back and the paternity leave takes over, which I think is a fantastic thing. Dads get involved, get involved with your kids. The way I look at that is though, it's such a short period of time. It really is. When you think about investing, and and we talk about this all the time, you and I, you're not thinking about nine months. You're not thinking about twelve months. You're thinking about five to seven years. So Kate's point's valid when you look at it. What's going on right now? Being interrupted by your second child. And the special time that is, it's such a short period of time. Don't worry about it. You've got the habit. It'll come back real fast. Mm. And looking a bit more widely, I was thinking about how I might approach an upcoming situation where I knew I would have to press pause on my goals and thinking of how I can use this as an opportunity. So I think uh, the first place I would start is just reflecting and thinking about your, your situation and your changing priorities and actually understanding why you're pressing pause, what you're gaining in instead and getting support in this stage because it might be around a major life change like having kids or you might know there's an upcoming redundancy or something like that. So just taking some time to sit back and think before you go into action mode. Yeah. And so my my take on reflection is the redundancy one's the one I think is quite interesting and I have been through that too myself. What I found from that period is that the opportunity that comes out of it is quite incredible. And you probably won't realize that until you are because the thing that's always hard about redundancy is when you're in it, there's this very hard thing to accept that you're no longer required, right? Yeah. And, and that, that that's an absolutely valid feeling to have of, hang on a minute, I'm no longer required. Why? And all those feelings. If you can stop, reflect, realize it's not you, like this isn't on you, right? If the company's restructuring or, you know, they've been they've made your position redundant, that's not necessarily on you. That's the decision for the company. By all means, be angry with them. You are allowed to. That's just a normal human emotion. But stop and reflect going, actually, I'm ready for a scenario like this. Um, I found that out once I was made redundant, that I actually had been, you know, investing and saving. And when I fell out, all of a sudden I was like, oh, actually, I do have the ability to do what I want, when I want, how I want. So the reflection is, okay, Give yourself just that bit more time. Don't react, reflect, because if you react and go and go, I need a job now, you'll jump into something you don't want. And that again gets back to Kate's point. You're not going to have the goals that you want. You're not going to do the savings that you want or the investment. Give yourself just a bit more time before you, you move. So reflection's a huge one. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Mm. And the next thing I would approach it would be looking at what's the plan here? How long am I planning to press pause? I might know. They might. I might be saying, okay, it's 12 months I'm pressing pause on one or two of my goals uh, because I know I'm going to be out of work for that period of time. Or you might not know. If it's a redundancy, you, you might go, okay, I think in roughly six months' time I'll be jumping into a new role. So thinking about What's my plan? How long am I pressing pause for? Just to give yourself a bit more clarity because if we sit in that period of uncertainty for too long, we can get very uncomfortable. Yeah, we can. And the other thing I think just on further on planning, understand this, it will end. And what I mean by that is you will get another job. Like it, it will, this, this pause, it will end. 
giving yourself a timeline actually therefore gives you an ability to see it. You can actually therefore visually go to yourself, it's going to end in six months or it's going to end in three months. Um, you know, money will come back in, et cetera. The, the, the one thing I remember from my personal point of view, and again, using the, the sort of the behavioral side of it, one of the big things psychologists talk about is understanding your coping mechanisms. Planning is a big part of it because you can therefore lay it out, cope with the scenario you found yourself in, whether it's planned or not planned, redundancy or taking time off work mm. for whatever it is. It just gives you that ability to understand it will end because if you can see it will end, the the chaos that can come, and that's probably the right term, with, with having an undefined period of time of being out in some form of shape or form of, of money coming in can be really quite disorientating and can therefore break other things like habits that we need to keep. And the next thing I would look at is how can I keep that habit, the goal, the dream alive, whether that's even if I can't invest, I can still maybe put $5 into my micro-investing app each month or I could put $5 towards my savings goal just to keep that feeling going or I can spend five minutes a day learning about something to do with my finances. Even in the broader context, I mean, I've spoken to some people at uni and life just got messy and they had to take a semester off. And so even though they weren't able to study, they still tried to keep involved by going to activities and things related to that. So they kept the the dream and the goal alive and they kept engaged with it, even though they had to press pause for six months. Yeah. And the habit as like getting back to the original question from the sleepless parents, their habits clearly quite ingrained. If you're just developing them and therefore you do, you know, get these interruptions, that's when you can lose them. You know, that they're going from having a habit that's almost formed to then being lost. Again, I would argue maybe $5 is a little bit too small for an investing. The way I'd go back to it and say, okay, maybe it's not necessarily full-on investing ETFs or whatever it happens to be. It's just putting money into a cash account so that there's actually a balance growing. I mean, right now you're getting you know four and a bit percent on, on most cash accounts. So at least you feel like you're putting it that way. As a, a small amount, micro investing, I get it, but it's probably more... You also need it at call. I mean, if you are in a slightly more, yeah. so that's my only difference would be use a cash account that has interest. It's at call, but it, it continues to turn what is becoming, you know, something you're doing into a habitual habit. It just keeps it going with that interruption in your life. Mm. And then also looking, could this be an opportunity to learn or do something else? You might have some time or some opportunity to, it might not be saving or investing, but it could be investing in yourself through learning or a project or a side hustle. So whatever the reason you're pressing pause is, is there an opportunity that this might lead to? Yeah. And we're going to talk about this in a future episode before I go further, but there are five things that we talk about in terms of inverted commas that has a cost associated with it in economics and money. So it's not just money. It's also time. And Kate and I talk about that quite a lot. But the other three are belief, effort, and emotion. Uh, and Kate's just highlighted effort, right? So effort is putting time and value back into yourself. And you can probably find that you get a actual cost investment return from putting effort in, whether it's you know starting a running or starting a book or whatever that effort is, that gives you that time. And then there is a overall value that comes to it. We'll talk about this in, in, in a future episode, but just remember there are five things that have inverted commas value, not just the you know tangible thing of being money itself. That's the next thing is that if you are investing in effort, if you are investing in time, there is a response to that. There is an investment in that and it will benefit you. 
When you're getting closer to pressing play, in a sense, <laughs> back on your goals, I think it's a good idea to also reset. We talked about reflecting and planning at the start, but also resetting because you have probably changed over this period of time. Maybe you have been pressing pause on your goals for 12 months. Have Has your life changed? Have you changed? Has your priorities and goals changed? Maybe this isn't the goal you want to work towards anymore. Maybe this is opportunity to set some new goals and work to something new. So I think that's an important step mm-hmm. rather than just going back to the goals you set 12 months ago. Yeah, or what you said five years ago because yeah. they are going to change and you're dead right. And again, getting back to the, the, you know, the key topic of this, this whole episode has been you know, life changes and the life interruptions. I know that. I mean, I've, I've written about it before is that what I wanted in my 20s and why I love asking you all of the what I call your growth phase questions, being somebody in your 20s to You're being somebody- growing. Yeah, 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 yeah you are. Um, to somebody like me who is now in a different phase where the growth I get is from making sure that I watch the girls grow and what yeah. they want to do. So it's natural that- That's why, again, goals, I think, have a problem. It's more about a fluidity of it is that you will naturally change and evolve. You won't even sometimes realize it's happening that's the beauty of time. That's the beauty of, you know, what you get to go through as your experience. Again, reviewing, I mean, Owen's, Owen takes, he doesn't have goals, right? So he just lets his money do what it needs to do. It's more that he knows it's there. Uh, and, I, and again, I've, I've probably found myself with my investing. My future is about what the girls need and therefore that's what I'm investing for. So it gives me... It's not just a goal. It gives me a drive. That's yeah, the word. You have a general direction. I have a general direction and I have a drive. I know what I want to do and who is it for. It's no longer – and that's the other thing that's been lovely. It's no longer just for me. It's no longer just for my wife. It's for us and particularly for the girls. And that gives them just a legit kick and that extra drive to be disciplined, keep the habits, even when I am right now, as I said, standing still. Yeah. And then coming back to the restarting, so we're pressing play on the goals now, whether they're what they were before or their new goals. And I think this is the point where you might find yourself comparing to other people that have kept going on their journey while you press pause. And I think this is the important part to sort of step back and go, this is why I press pause in the first place or why I had to. This is my direction. These are my goals now and I can work towards them and I don't need to look at everybody else and what they're doing. Just to finish up on the episode, I think it's very important we need to talk about just the two last things, which is burnout and making you miserable. Because the other thing, what we've sort of skirted around the issue, but we're sort of alluding to it, is that, as I said, goals have a finite thing. Not only that, goals can actually drive you to make decisions that cause you to to lose track. They can make you miserable. They can make you burnt out. I mean, if your goal is to reach the absolute pinnacle in your job or the pinnacle of your sport or the pinnacle in your, you know, arts degree, whatever it is, you can start to realize that that's actually not necessarily healthy for what you want. How do you go about dealing with when your goals actually flip on you and are making you go the wrong way? Even in finance, they can do the same thing. Yeah, I think over the years, I've lost a lot of attachment to the end result because Mm. I focus a lot more on the process and the journey, the people, the lessons, the things I learn along the way. And I probably get a lot of satisfaction from that. And then if I hit the goal, well, that's that's great. That lasts for a day or two, that excitement. But I focus more on the enjoyment and the learning during the process. So I think that helps me a lot and it stops me continuously pushing that benchmark out. I think that, that last point's the real thing. It's like constantly trying to reach that benchmark. Yeah. If or you're all- if the you're goal all, post, Yeah, really. whatever you want to call it. Yeah. You're moving the goalposts, all those sort of cliche things. 
that constant reaching will get you. It really will. I mean, I understand why people do it. I understand that it gives people drive. It gives people, you know, purpose. And it's very quantifiable. Yeah. But is it, it's not that. It falls very clear, clearly also into identity, right? So people's identity is very wrapped up in, in these kinds of things. You've sort of highlighted it there, Kate, is that you've, your way of dealing with it is it's no longer about reaching. It's about the enjoying the process. Yeah. And the process is actually the goal itself rather than the, the – everybody will be different. And I think that needs to be highlighted. But you need to – if you are feeling burnt out, if you are feeling miserable, you, the assessment is, uh, is the goal actually working in your favor? Is the reaching working in your favor? And what exactly are you reaching for? I mean, yeah. is, it, is it because it's part of your identity? That gets back to the start of the episode. You know, maybe being made redundant or having kids. It will interrupt particularly strong goals like that or strong reaching points. How you cope with that, I think, is also a major part of the change that you need to sometimes accept. Mm. Um, is and that's that, hard if your yeah. goal has become your identity to press pause mm -hmm. is almost pressing pause on who you are. So you yep. kind of need to figure out who you are outside of that goal of I want a million dollars in 10 years. Yeah. Or, you know, I need to save a million dollars to live, you know, the, the fire example. But if you listen to all the fire guys, they're like, no, no, it's not about reaching the 1.125 million bucks and then it's about the time. It's about the time. And then, and then also about the enjoyment that comes with that Yeah. rather than I've reached it, now what? Yeah, and the process has to serve you because your goals need to be sustainable long term. You've got a whole life around these goals. So they. I think that's really important when thinking about goals, not letting them burn you out, not letting them make you miserable. I think we probably need to wrap it up. That's That's been quite an episode indeed. I mean- Lots to talk about there. If you are out there, please write in as always. I know Kate and I love hearing from your feedback. Kate, what was your biggest take up from, from the episode today? The main thing is just how can I look at my goals right now and make sure they're sustainable long term. So that would be the lens that I would go and look at next time I review my goals. Yeah. And for me, as I said, it's I don't want to be reaching. I want my goals or my fluidity, as I refer to it, to constantly be coming back to what I need, which is doing what I want, when I want, how I want, and the drive that I have for the girls. And I think once I've worked that out, now that I have worked that out, just allows me to, to, to deal with the pauses, to deal with the breaks, the interruptions that the, the original question was asking. It's no longer a problem because over the longer period of time, right now isn't my concern because it, it, I've covered previously and I know I'm going to cover it in the future. Thanks everyone for listening to this Brain Hacks episode. If you've got a question for our next episode, you can send it to us via the link in the podcast player. Evan, thanks for joining me. Thanks for being here again, everybody listening to it. Looking forward to the next episode. It will be something that I think you're all going to live to. Kate, love doing these. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Australian Finance Podcast. We hope you learned something new and were able to take one thing away from this episode. If you're keen to learn more, head on over to Rask Education and take one of our free money and investing courses. You could even become a Rask Core member for less than your Netflix subscription each month. And don't forget to subscribe for new episodes in your inbox every week. Plus, if you enjoyed the show, we'd love you to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and send any questions our way via the link in the description. And before we go on, did this podcast contain personal financial advice just for me? Absolutely not, Kate. Our podcast actually contains general financial information only. What that means is the information does not take into account your financial needs, goals, objectives, or even your situation. So because of that, it's important that you consider if the information is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on it. 
If that all sounds a bit confusing or you're still working out what your needs are, it's a great idea to consult a licensed and trusted financial planner. And don't forget to do your own research. Are you thinking about starting your wealth creating journey but not sure where to put your hard-earned dollars? InvestSmart can help. InvestSmart offers a free quiz that makes it easy to find the right InvestSmart ETF portfolio to help you reach your goals. Just visit investsmart.com.au and hit get started. Answer a few simple questions about your goals and how much you want to invest and you'll get a tailored statement of advice with a portfolio recommendation. You can visit investsmart.com.au for a no obligations free statement of advice. This ad is brought to you by InvestSmart Advice, AFSL 334107. For more than a decade, I've been hunting for the best investors and their methods, strategies, and tools for investing. After years in the industry, countless books, a few degrees, and 1,000 podcasts and live shows, I've rolled this accumulated knowledge into something called Rask Invest. If you've ever heard me talk about a core and a satellite, active and passive, true long-term compounding, or you simply want to know exactly how I would invest, now is your chance. Rask Invest is our new investment service, designed for all types of investors who want professional management of their core portfolio at a low cost from a team they trust. Rask Invest helps you automate your wealth creation and passive income. Simply click the link that says invest with Owen in your podcast player to join one of our live platform walkthroughs or book a call with us. You can also view the Rask Invest PDS and TMD and get invested with me.